Hello, hello, here we are, October 2023. It's been a minute. How is everyone doing? Daniel and Josh back with you here on BOOT. We're going to be diving in to one of the uh, peaky adjacent shows that we've covered in the past. It's Gangs of London season two. We'll talk a little bit about season one, try to get you all primed up. And Josh, you know, with, with such little peaky blinders news going on, you know, we feel very disconnected from our audience, don't we? We do. And finally, we have something to kind of link it back. Obviously, this show has already aired. It's already it's already aired across the pond. But our lovely Max has brought us together. And I'm going to I'm going to spoil what we're going to be doing and breaking down. But we're going to be breaking down the second season of Gangs of London. As you guys may know, we we broke down Gangs of London season one way back in COVID. Daniel and I kind of reiterate we 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 could we didn't even know that it was in covid but it literally was covid it was just starting it was like april 2020 2020 2021 whatever we loved the show we thought it was great um no real reason why we didn't continue to do it it was just kind of you know the whole vpn we we wanted it like you know it was too hard to watch it it was too much then it was on amc plus and that as we know you've heard my rant about amc plus when i wanted to watch better call Saul back in the day and i couldn't it's like impossible to watch television on that network so that's the reason why we haven't broke it down. And now our lovely Max, formerly known as HBO Max, has aired the whole entire the whole entirety of season one and season two. And uh Dan and I have started watching and it's it's great. It's great. And it's it's worthy of, of episode by episode breakdowns, extremely peaky-esque. It's just awesome all around. And it's as Daniel and I Daniel told me about a couple of weeks ago, and I, I agree, it's the best show on television right now, even though it's not currently airing. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna kind of pretend that that it is currently airing. It aired back in November and December of twenty two. I remember trying to pull it up illegally and and it being so dark. You know, it's a very dark show. So then when it finally came back on HBO Max, I started season two, episode one, and five minutes into it, I was like, okay, I think I'm just gonna start episode season one, episode one. And so that was about two weeks ago. And so I've been working my way through. Season one was so good of course there were a couple of those unique episodes like they had that uh what do we call it a bottle episode where the whole thing took place in that house that darren the guy who ended up killing um finn in the first episode of season one was was hiding out in and it's a lot looser of a watch when you know everything that's going on but it's a lot more connected towards the end and so that's where season two comes in here and we're gonna we're gonna spoil season two episode one so just season two episode one it's just called 2.1 2.1 and Josh a lot of the end of season one that I was trying to focus in on was about this what do you want to call it like Mission Impossible likes to call it Rogue Nation or what you know it's like the syndicate that that overlooks all these these crimes that that go on in London and so Elliot at the end of season one has a crazy abduction it's the finale we don't know where he is it turns out he's being inter- um, interrogated by the Majesty's police about this syndicate that ends up kind of blackmailing him through Shannon and Danny. Shannon is the the sister of of Alex um, Dumani, who, of course, in this episode plays the center role. And then Elliot is now working for the syndicate. But the first 15 or 20 minutes or so, Josh, I wasn't really feeling this this second second season premiere until we really got into the Alex and Elliot. No, let's go. I want to hear you. I disagree in part because season one, if I recall, my loose memory, you guys got to bear with us here because... We didn't do a whole season one rewatch because that was going to take too long. 
and we kind of just wanted to recap ourselves. So we, we obviously remember the premise, but little details we may be off on and hopefully we kind of get those gaps filled in as we go along. But we never really, we did, we always heard about the investor, the investor, the investors, right? Right. About all of season one. We didn't ever really come face to face with any of them besides, besides, you know, what was main, his name with the big hair? Um, shoot. It was like what, the only was, one we met was uh, Javon. Javon was yes, his name. Yes, yes, who ended up being murdered. He was yeah. like hung on a spike on, on top of a gate outside of his home. But yeah. there was him, I think, I mean, Luan, you have all those other guys that we've seen. But then we get introduced to all the investors in one room, um, obviously centered around who's selling these guns. Well, most of the investors. Obviously. Yeah, we get the gang leaders in that room. Right, but they were kind of like on behalf of the investors. They were messengers for the investors, is what I gathered. Yeah, it, it's interesting. So it's like we, we've got a couple different bad guys, it seems like. But the investors are the people who sat down with Elliot at the end of season one, told him he must kill Sean, right? And then right. they were also the ones who employed Leaf, who was the, Dan, the Danish you know, national member, who was, who was the one who, who uh, had first adopted or, or excuse me, um, kidnapped Floriana, who was the, right. the baby dad, the baby mama of Finn. So now we get into this thing where like Elliot is working for the investors. And so that's where the Elliot Alex conversation happens. But if we, how, how do you want to handle this? We can kind of go through the episode. I do want you to open up. Tell me about what you saw from the beginning, because I didn't love. So it starts with this Algerian weapons hold. And so that's what kind of the, the subplot of this episode, right? Who's selling weapons that aren't coming from the investors. And so that's where they go after Luan because he's someone that doesn't want to listen to the investors, doesn't want to use Asif, who, like you said, is a puppet of these investors. So in, in the meeting, that was big. And then Elliot comes in out of nowhere in this laundromat, has to kill this guy. And then we see the Dumani papers. It was coming at us a hundred miles an hour to start this episode. I thought that it was the, the introduction of the, of the gang leader, Koba, Yes, yes, that guy yeah. was fucking terrifying. Yeah, real bad bunny vibes. Like when he gets older, I don't even know what vibes <laughs> he is. I mean, he's obviously what is he's, he's he's Georgian. No idea. I'm pretty sure he is because I had the subtitles on and it was like Georgian mafia members. Like when it when it muttered. Okay. Um, and I thought that the scene where he kind of goes into that little hideout area and he forces the um, those those guys to well that that one guy to eat all the bullets which were yeah. huge bullets and then also shoot yeah. his, his oh. colleague um that was brutal and gruesome and it kind of set the tone it it set the tone for this episode and for this season like I really just forgot how gruesome and violent this show is more so than Peaky and that's like obviously in the like, Peaky was violent obviously and it is violent but it's a different kind of violent. Now we get weapons that are more modernized. We get machine guns, semi-automatic weapons, AR-15s, the whole nine. So the violence is on a whole nother scale now. Um, and so it kind of just set the tone. And that's why I really liked the episode because it didn't, it didn't take a long time to build up to what the main plot of the season is going to be. It got straight to the point. We know what's happening. We know who's against who. And obviously the big the big reveal at the end of the episode, which which we'll get to. But um, it kind of just tied together everything. Like it, even though I saw a recap of the first season, I, I wasn't left asking so many questions. About, oh, what's this? Who's this? Who's, I, I instantly remembered. Yeah. That's a sign of a great show. 
It's a great point. And so we'll give credit. Gareth Evans, the writer, of course, he wrote the Raid movies, which is extremely gruesome. And then you partner them up with our guy, Corin Hardy, who directed like The Nun. And so that's where you can get like the mixture of the horror elements here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go through a couple stuff. So Elliot is now this hitman who is being blackmailed with photos of his his injured father and you know this this overhanging threat of of harm to Shannon and Danny. He's got that wild scene where he kills the guy and pops his eyeball into some red that blood. That was nuts. Oh, that and then you nuts. see the Dumani piece of paper and you start to tie in. Okay, Elliot is in some way going after people who are working for Dumani. And so that's where it's like the, the tangling is nice, I will say, Josh, as opposed to them throwing all of these webs out. It's just like, it's all one connected thing. Against his will, by the way, Elliot is not willingly working for these people. Like it's life or death for him. If he, if he chooses to work not to work for them, he's going to die. So it's kind of just, he, he has to. So, um, and I've always wondered if we're going to end up finding out whether or not Elliot has this, um, moral compass inside of him um and i think that we're we're going to find out um obviously he's in love with shannon yeah. um so i think that that's going to play a role going down the line whether or not elliot i mean we we see it in this episode he he visits i alex. think he's he's got morality right he visits alex obviously that was also i did not expect that at all i thought he was going to be a main focal point of this show unbelievable as, as we've discussed what's the sign of a of, of a great show not Never being know. afraid to kill off the main characters. So we have Sean is dead. We have Alex dead. Who knows who the fuck is going to die? Well, I mean, didn't Koba die, didn't right? Koba die at the end as well? I don't think Koba died. I think he got. I think he got all of them. I don't think he did. I think oh, he just he pulled the guy the on the floor. He's like basically like in in fewer words like tell Koba like I'm coming. Like obviously he didn't. Uh, yeah, he, but he definitely could have stolen the wife, right? I think that they would yeah, I think that they that they would have focused more in on the face if, if it was Koba cuz you couldn't really yeah. see. Um I and as you said, I'm very curious about what's going on with the wife if she's dead or if she's kidnapped, held hostage. I don't know, but I do think Koba got the wife. So yeah, Koba's wild. Um I I want to let's get into the 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 adults part. So we, you've got the kids section right with Alex and and Elliot and then the adults in the room with Ed and Luan and situations like that. And so, you know, once the adults start meeting, I thought they were going to meet about Elliot, but it turns out that the name and you you've got the subtitles. Do they call him Cook? Is Cook the big bad that they're all worried about? I didn't get that one. I think honest. it was Cook. And so we've got Koba showing up in the meeting saying that nobody else needs to sell guns or dope but him. And we need to you know, buy stuff from each other. And so that obviously is what gets Luan fired up because when Luan and Ed meet, Luan is saying, I want to sell my own heroin. I don't want to buy from Asif. And, and in that meeting, Koba is outside waiting in the car. And that's when someone comes up and bumps the car, gets yeah, the driver yeah. out, shoots Koba's driver and, and that's when we get that message sent. I think it's from this cook guy who is who is our our big bad potentially. You know, just just from a conversation that they had in the guns meeting that that I was able to pick up. But as always, Josh, one of the best parts about the show is, you know, I feel like we both can cover shows pretty well. It, it keeps us guessing and constantly comes out of nowhere with some stuff. And then you've got the Alex of it all, right? So one of Alex's clients was killed in Turkey. That's a con- that's a conversation that we get killed by Elliot. And, uh, and so in that, we get that, we, we get to learn more about Alex, right? He's bald, he's bearded, he's doing a lot of cocaine, and he has major PTSD about Sean's death. And so there's a couple meetings with him and Asif didn't really amount to much in my mind. I don't know if you got anything from there, but I just, 
keep writing down meeting with Asif. This is boring. And then he meets with Sean, excuse me, with Elliot on the terrace. That's when Elliot gives him the jump drive. For me, that's when the episode started, right? I'm like, oh, here we go. We're in Gangs of London. Elliot and Alex are meeting. No longer do I care about, you know, Ed and Koba and those guys. And so that's when, obviously, Alex says, go find Shannon. Help, you know, she'll help you with this. I'm not going to do it and jumps off. Yeah, I kind of just wonder, obviously, we know that Alex was going through a lot. Sean was his, one of his best friends. Um, every, just kind of the stress of having to kind of run Dumani Finance, I guess, I think that's that's what the company is called. It's, I saw it in big letters in the office. Um, obviously, there's a lot of responsibility on his plate. So I think that that on top of everything that's going on and just like the pressure of everything caused him to commit suicide. I don't know what, like- Well, he just didn't, disagree. he just, I think he just simply knew that he's also a little bit of of a coward, right? And he's, yeah. he doesn't want to fight. And he could fight right now with Elliot, who's a dangerous weapon, but, and they have this black, you know, this jump drive. But I think he just was like, listen, I don't want any more blood on my conscience. He probably feels like everyone that's died has been his fault, including Sean, and was like, I don't want them to kill my dad and sister and ne- nephew in front of me, basically. Right. And he's just like, I'm just going to deal with this because I'm living a miserable life. And so I kind of, kind of was able to feel that the entire episode with the amount of cocaine he does and how unhappy he is. And so, you know, bearded Alex is gone. Um, he yeah. was awesome. He was awesome in an episode of Black Mirror in the meantime, though. I don't know if you saw that one, right? We talked about Black Mirror. Yeah, he was um he, he was, was in the it's devil. Papa, his name is Papa Asindu, and it was in the one where yeah, he was yeah. a he was an, a devil trying to prevent the apocalypse yeah. Yeah. or get the apocalypse. And yeah, he, was he was so good. funny. He was really he was funny. Okay, so now you know the meat of it comes with Shannon, right? So Shannon shot Elliot's holder, the Asian woman, in season one. Shot her at the right. very, very end. Did not remember that at all when it was happening when I was watching the rewatch. I was totally mind blown. Turns out Shannon gets arrested for killing a cop. And in some, and this maybe you can help me here, right? In some lawyer procedural mess up of evidence, they had yep. to release her, which is wild. Yeah, basically, uh, let's say hypothetically, she were to get convicted uh, of murder, right? If she were to be, you know, uh, if the jury ruled that she was guilty, if they were to come back that there was mishandling of evidence and there was some administrative and procedural error in the in the lead up to that verdict, then it's then it's then it's ruled a mistrial. And the, the, then it's basically just the trial never happened. The counts are dropped, charges are dropped and, and, and you're good to go, which happens. Bad lawyering and also just withholding of evidence, things that happen um, cause uh, felons and 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 criminals to, to, to get off free. So she kind of uh, got got the uh, benefit of that. It's a situation where when you have a syndicate that has people everywhere, they even had the the nurse inside the 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 MI six you know holding torture room in the last episode. That's how Elliot was able to say, "I have Panamanian you know um, assurances and and protection." And so, if you remember that from season one, you know that they can get everywhere. So obviously, they probably got some sort of. Um, integration to make sure that Dumani's daughter was going to stay safe in terms of Ed Dumani. And so Shannon takes her son. And then at the very end, we learn that Ed finds out, Alex uh, Alex finds out, Alex feels guilty. Um, And uh, I I don't really know who was waiting or who's watching, but there's going to be an an Elliot Shannon integration in this next episode. And I'm very excited. I just want to get back into the, the groove of, 
you know, cause I, like I said, I was just watching season one. So it's like, you get into it, you want to binge it all, but I, I definitely enjoy soaking it in a little bit more. Josh binging season one again was way more educational in terms of like learning about the show than the way we did it week by week. But that's just the way shows are right. When you binge a show, you're going to learn more. And when you watch it week by week, you're going to have more discussion and think more about each episode, but you're not necessarily going to pick up all the clues and Easter eggs. No, hundred uh, percent. If you watch too fast, you're going to miss on a lot of little details. The show is definitely has a lot of plot webs, a lot of characters, a lot of things to remember, backstories. Um, and so I, I don't think this is one that you can just binge straight through and, and kind of get the full breadth and the, uh, the, all, all, of, all, of, all of the characters development and all that. So um, I'm excited to kind of just take this one a little slowly and see where it kind of takes us. But I also, this was one question, where did it say that, that, uh, that Ed was, I mean, that uh, Elliot was going, she's like, here, the, the, the woman on the phone was like, here's your itinerary. I just saw London Heathrow as like the departure airport, but I didn't see where he was going. It just sent him to the balcony. That was the meeting with Alex. I think, I think that was after that. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. So that was oh, that was the call was going, from her to he go to get the next target. Yeah, he was going yeah. right. Got it. Okay, okay. That was a huge oversight on my part. I thought it was yeah. after, but yeah, no. And then and then but, obviously, you know, we finish with with an unbelievable set piece and scene here with Luan in his mansion and the dog yapping, and he lets the dog out, and you just know that Luan is going to die. And the fact that he survives this is a great twist on what is like oh you know whatever they're just gonna come and they're gonna kill Luan and our time with this beautiful man is gonna come to a close because they kept showing he's like yeah what do you mean it's like glorious he like almost reminds me yeah he like reminds me of one of those uh you know like the old spice commercial guys that are just like he's like heavy he's like kind of heavy set and like yeah maybe I like my men a little curvier Josh you know let's not judge I think I think not not at all but you said he's beautiful I think he is, whatever, let me live. Um, his dog leaves and we're like, oh, the gate's open. And so he carefully works his way through this. I love the way that they dragged it out in, in silence. I was I was like freaking out. By I the was, my, my skin I, was curling. There's 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 sometimes, before you kind of describe it, there are times in a show where like I get so scared from watching at night. I don't like, the, I don't like things popping out of nowhere. I agree. I, I don't agree. like. No, it's I so like, fun. like. You know how like on like Netflix and like HBO, you can like fast forward a little bit. I, I go over 10 seconds the frames and see the <laughs> frames. Like I see if like, I, I, I did that and I was freaking out. I, I just didn't want them. It, it was taking forever. Yeah, it was taking forever. It was taking so, forever. He even gets uh, his kids into the yeah. safe house or the safe room with his wife. And then he's able to get to the safe and he's punching the codes and I'm freaking out. This is really, really good cinematography. Yeah, really and then it's good. obviously Koba who comes. The one thing that I didn't get, and maybe it was one of those, what do you call it? Like MacGuffins where it's like, oh, you have to make this happen in order for the show to keep going. They could have just brought guns, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, why were they, like, having, like, hacksaws? They were, like... They could have killed him many times. Many times. Yeah, that's that's a huge miss on their part. So stupid. Whatever. Maybe, yeah, maybe they wanted to be quiet. Who knows? And then, I don't know how they got into the... You know what it is? Um, The handprint safe. You want to know what it is? Is that they killed all the security personnel first. And in order to do that, they couldn't have used guns. Because it would have been too loud. There you go. But they could have brought a gun to just to kill. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. That's true. What, you know what? Semantics. And then he's got the awesome scene underwater where I feel like I am not breathing the entire time because Luan's not breathing the entire time and he survives it and he knows it's Koba 
And, you know, I, I'm enjoying that little side plot. I'm a little over the Ed Dumani of it all. You know, he's just yeah, kind, he of kind of a boring character. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's also 100%. a bit of a, a dick. And, and it's Sean him shot him. Rooms. It's just him talking yeah. in rooms. And Sean yeah. shot him last season and he was just like, fine. And I was like, oh, he's kind of old. Like, he, he might not have survived. Or maybe he has like a, give him a cane or, you know, something where he got shot in the, leg at the end of last season. He has season. a cane. Does he? Okay. He needs a little bit yeah. more, of a limp, more of a limp there, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's going to be a fun ride. So keep on, keep on tuning in to hear us break down gangs of London. And, and like we mentioned, um, it's going to be one of those where we're going to try to soak in episodes, think about things and work our way through this season for you, Josh, because but we uh, can't, we can't leave out what else? happens at the end of the episode. Oh my goodness. You're right. So what at, do you, the, at the very, very I mean, end of the all right, episode. Yo, take, take five. Take five. No, we're good. Go you, ahead. Walk us through it, Josh. You need, you need to sit this one out, man. Someone this is calls, not, someone calls no, Lewis. I didn't write it down. Yeah, so we find out who is supplying the guns, right? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Am I, am I understanding that correctly? And yeah, we do. I didn't even think about it as we were watching the episode. I'm like, where the fuck is Marion Wallace? Right? You're right, because like, you know like, how she survives is, at the end of season one. So, Ed, so here we go. So Ed sits at the cemetery with Marianne at the very end of season one. And they're both looking at each other. They're both pointing guns at each other. And they're saying like, hey, we got to figure this out. Both of our kids are going after each other. And Ed shoots Marianne and leaves her for dead on a bench in the cemetery. And then in the post-credit or like right when the season one comes to a close, we see Floriana pushing Finn's baby and walking up to a yes. half-dead Marianne and saying, yeah. I'm going to help you. And that's all yeah. we get. The season yeah. ends. And okay. you're right. I can't believe I didn't write this down. And so then we get a call. And it's it's Marianne calling Luan at the end yep. of this episode. Yep. And we see that she is, she's at like a, she's at an airplane hangar, presumably in the middle of nowhere. Um, probably the Middle East, because I saw like the desert in the background. Yeah. And um she's strapped she's you know loading guns with ammo there's a whole entire operation going on there and there's hunters lots of millions and millions of dollars of 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 weaponry uh in that hangar so she's obviously switched gears into a whole entirely new sphere of business unless maybe that was something that was already under the the wallace wing throughout the whole time but I'm excited to just hear more about that. Obviously, hear what Floriana did to help her, how she saved her life. Flashbacks would be guns, cool there. Yeah. Right. Where the guns are going to come into play. That's going to be the focal point of the season. Where Ed's going to come in. Where Elliot's going to come in. Where Shannon's going to come in. Do they just have no more flashbacks to Alex? Are there going to be any flashbacks to Sean? Like, do we get do we get Joe Cole? Um, the, these are these are things that I'm going to be looking out for, and I thought that overall it was a great first episode. Um, I thought that it got to the point, didn't fuck around. Obviously, maybe a couple scenes with men talking in rooms that I could have done without, but um, I liked the, the introduction of this new Koba character. I love having a villain, very similar to Peaky Blinders. If you want to tie it back to Peaky in any way, how he's Koba would fit right in into a Peaky Blinder season if it was that time, yeah. relative to the 1920s, 1930s. He's the modern day Peaky Blinders villain. He's scary. I was scared of him. Um, he's intense. And I want more of that. Like, I want more really intense Copa scenes. I don't want him to be killed off early on. I think it's 99.9% .9 that he's going to be killed off at some point. But I want it to be an epic death. I want him to keep doing his things because it keeps the show interesting. 
Luan and Asif are great characters, but they're not, they don't, and obviously we saw Luan do crazy things this last episode. He's, he's a dog. He went beast mode. But he's not that like, you don't fear him. Like you fear a character like Koba or feel, or, or you right. fear. No restraint. You know, right. Like an Oswald Mosley kind of guy, you know, like you, yeah. you, like those kind of characters define television shows when, when you have them that are kind of the, uh, the catalyst to how plots progress. So I'm excited to see his character develop and how he kind of interplays with everyone else. Josh, full lawyer mode. He's, he's, he's grown before our very eyes, hasn't he? Great, great. Well, just script there at the end. Thanks for catching me on the Marianne stuff. So stay tuned with us. Catch us back here soon for episode two of season two. As always, he's Josh and I'm Daniel and we've been seeing you on that.